Great, welcome everybody. This is, we're in part two of the Daniel Dilemma. If you missed the first one, I do encourage you to go back online, go to our website, and just follow the link. The SoundCloud will take you to the first of the Daniel Dilemma, and it's definitely well worth it. In fact, you can catch up on, on all our podcasts and that we've done in the past. The Daniel Dilemma, what is the Daniel Dilemma if this is your first time here? It, it really is a dilemma. How do we stand strong for God in a society that continually pulls us in a different direction, sometimes in the opposite direction of what we believe in. And, and sometimes we, we find ourselves in, in confrontations um, in our workplaces or wherever we are, confrontation with people, not by, because people want to confront us, but we, it confronts what we believe. And, uh, and we see it, we bombard it on TV and whatever we do. So how do we stand strong? And so the series really uh, came, comes out of the book of Daniel where Daniel and his friends were, had to stand strong in a society that was, was really ungodly. And if you know the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, the first half of the book is a, is a history book. In it, and it talks about, uh, about uh, the king of Babylon sending his troops to Israel and uh, annexing the city and the, and the towns around them and taking the people back as slaves back to Babylon. And this is where this story is set. And, but yet Daniel and his friends were able to influence society around them, influence the culture of, of its time, and uh, regardless of um, what came their way. So how did they, how were they able to, uh, to, to balance this, standing strong for God and yet not allowing culture or society to influence who they were in God? And so this is what the series is, is, is all about. And quite often we have these two extremes um, when we try, when 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 society can, uh, culture confronts us, we have these two extreme responses, and the the first extreme response that quite often we do, we spoke about this a lot last week, uh, is kind of like this dogmatic approach where whereas I'm right, you're wrong, and I don't care if you go to hell because I'm right and you're wrong. I don't have any friends, nobody likes me, but I don't care because I'm right. You know, and that's kind of like, like it's one extreme response. And technically, you may be right, but if you're not helping the person, then you're wrong, even in your rightness. And then you've, then you've got this other extreme approach where, we've got, where, where we just water down the Bible. Let's just water it down. You know, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I, I want to have my friends without losing them and, and sounding a bit weird. So let's just water it down. And, and, and that's okay. You can do, you don't have to change your life. You can just live the way you want. Um, just as long as you love Jesus, you can have sex with whoever you want, just as long as you love Jesus, and, and it's all good, and it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, uh, according to the Word of God, it does matter, and that's not helpful either. And so we're kind of stuck in this dilemma, which approach do we go in? And I don't think we have to do either or. Daniel didn't. Daniel and his friends didn't. They, they, they didn't have to go. There's truth and rightness in both of these approaches. But, but somewhere in the middle, God, they were able to navigate their culture and influence uh, their society around them. And quite often, we, we, we do two things when society comes our way. We do two things. We can either set the culture in our society or we can reflect the culture in our society. So what, you, we, we, what I mean by that, we're either a thermostat or a thermometer. Now, a thermometer tells us the temperature, but a thermostat changes the temperature. So, and I really believe God's called us to be a thermostat. God's called us as believers to set the culture, not just reflect it. I remember somebody telling me, oh, yeah, I'm going to parties, and uh, that's okay because Jesus went to parties. 
And I was going, yeah, that's right. Jesus went to parties. But Jesus went to change the atmosphere of that party. He didn't go and join the atmosphere of that party. Now, if you're going and you're changing it, that's great. That's what Jesus did. But if you're going just to, um, to be part of the atmosphere, then you're not doing what Jesus did. Because we're called to set the culture, not reflect it. And, and, and so this is what today is all about. If you're looking for a title of um, my message today, it's called Sanity Restored. Sanity Restored. Restored, And if you've got lots of children, and, and sometimes you pray this every day, Lord, may my sanity be restored today. <laughs> um, and, uh, or maybe, um, no, no, I'm not going to go there. It's great. My wife is great. She's amazing. She's amazing. She is. She, is. she really is. She really is. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Seriously. If you know our story, um, yeah, I always believe that God speaks to me through my wife. And, and if, you're, if you are married right now, I believe it's the same for you too. And all the wives said, amen. amen. Come on, preach it, preach it, pastor, preach it. Um, and so if you can turn with me to John chapter 17, Jesus prayed this amazing prayer. And this, he prayed this prayer the night that he was betrayed and the day before he was crucified, and he was praying for the church. He was praying for you, and he was praying for me. And we're just going to be looking at two verses in this prayer. And he prays this prayer. My prayer is not that you, Lord, take them out of the world. Not that you take them out of the world, because Jesus didn't want us out of the world. Um, sometimes I'll be praying, Lord, take me out of the situation right now. Insulate me for what's going on right now. Uh, but, but, but Jesus didn't want us out of the world. And sometimes... Christians or believers, we can have this fault-like mentality. It's like, come on, let's, let's lock all the doors. Let's shut ourselves out. Let's isolate ourselves. Let's just worship God. Let's keep us separate from those godless sinners. And let's just, let's keep us, let's be isolated. Let's close the doors. Let's batten down the hatches and let's just do our thing. You know, Jesus didn't want that. Jesus didn't want us out of the world. He wanted us in the world. He want, that's where he wanted us to be. And then he goes on, but that you protect them, Lord. I want them in the world, but Lord, I'm praying that you protect them while they're in the world. Protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not in it. But I'm still in it, if you know what I mean. That's what, that was his prayer for us. And that's the challenge. How do, we, how do we live in the world and not be changed by it? How do we live in the world and not be changed by it? And, and that's, that's the challenge that we face. And this is the, 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 the dilemma that we all go by and we all face. I really want to talk about the culprit to society's culture. Really, what drives this godliness in our, in our nation. And in fact, what drives godliness right through all the nations of the world. What drives all this. And it comes down to a mentality. One mentality is what, and I really want to identify this one mentality. It's called the Babylon mentality, the Babylon mentality. See, the book of Daniel is set, set in a geological location called Babylon. But I really want to submit to, to everybody here that, that Babylon is not a locality, but a mentality. It's a mentality. It's a spirit that existed in the beginning of our Bibles, right through to the end of our Bibles, and still exists today. I mean, Satan's biggest lie happened right, even, right in the beginning of our Bibles in Genesis chapter 2. The first words that came out of the devil's mouth to Eve was, did God really say? Question God. So doubt into mankind's mind. Did God really say? And, and, this, and, and Satan's lie will be like this. Look, I'm all about you. I, I, I'm all, I'm all, I want to promote you. I'm for you. But God's not for you. 
Did God really say, oh, you know, did God really say that? And that's what the devil's trying to do is, is promote you and say that God's not for you, but, I, but I'm for you, not God. And we see this happening later on in Genesis chapter 11, when God said to mankind, go throughout all the world, spread yourselves out. But instead, they decide, you know what? We know better than God. We're going to stay in one place. We're going to stay uh, in, this, this, in this city. And this is where we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. They said, come, let us build ourselves. Notice the word, ourselves. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. We don't need God. We don't need God. We got this. Verse 9. That is why it is called Babel. And this is where we get the word Babylon, where the book of Daniel is set. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. See, Babel literally means confusion. It literally means confusion. It's a deranged way of thinking that leads to confusion. Think about it. When you take God out of a situation, you're left with confusion. If you, if you, when you get to a place in your marriage and, and it's all falling apart, there's confusion going in your marriage. And the reason there's confusion going on is because you left God out of it. When you get to a place in your finances and you're in debt and you're drowning in debt and you think, how did I get it? It's because you let, left God out of your finances. And when you leave God out of your identity... When you take God out of your identity, then you're stuck with gender confusion. You're stuck with sexual confusion. When God, when you remove God, you get confusion because that is the Babylon mentality. It brings confusion. Babylon means confusion. And, and we see this right in the beginning of the Bible. It's, the Bible talks about Babylon, even right through to the end of the book of Revelations, chapter 17 and 18. The Bible devotes two chapters in Revelation, which talks about the end times. And, and, and those two chapters is about where God judges Babylon. And then you go right through to the middle of the Bible. Guess what the middle of the Bible is talking about? Babylon. <laughs> Why don't you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 47? And, and if you um, turn there and you have a look at there and you see the, the chapter title for chapter 47 on your devices or in your Bible, you'll see the, ch the chapter title is called The Fall of Babylon. The Fall of Babylon. So let's turn there, 47. And we're just going to look from verse 8. Speaking of the Babylon mentality. Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure. Any lovers of pleasures out there? Because it's all about what feels good, right? If it feels good, do it. Lounging in your security or your self-security. You know, I don't need God. I'm secure. And saying to yourselves, I am. And there is none Besides me, I'll never be a widow or suffer the loss of children because I, I can handle it without God. I can handle my life without God. Both of these will overtake you in a moment, on a single day, loss of children and widowhood. They will come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and all your potent spells. When you take God out of, of the picture, you're left with chaos. You're left with confusion. No one sees me. Your wisdom or your so-called wisdom and knowledge mislead you when you say to yourself, I am. If I had here, it would just be waving all over the place. And there is none besides me. I am. And there's none besides me. 
Yeah, this is really a mockery of God's name. In Exodus chapter, th- in Exodus chapter 3, Moses says to God, God, when I go back to the people, they'll ask me, what is your name? What name should I say you are? And, and God says, I am who I am. You go tell the people that I am who I am. I always was and I will always will be. I am who I am. I am the great I am. So, so the devil takes God's name and he twists it. He, he's not even creative enough to come up with his own name. And so he takes God's name and he makes, it, and he, and makes this ungodly mentality. Because I am and there's none besides me. And so we, so we get this, this Babylon mentality. Which in fact, that's the motto of the Babylon mentality. I am and there's no one besides me. That's the motto of the Babylon mentality because it's all about self. And that's what the devil wants to do. What the Babylon mentality wants to do is elevate self. It wants to elevate self, get us thinking all about ourselves. All I want to think about is myself because when we begin to think all about myself, that, you know, myself is great, I'm so good about me, and the devil says, look, I'm all for you, God's not for you, I'm all for you, and he wants to promote you. And when he, when he, when he, if he's able to promote you, he's, he's winning. He's winning because we're going to start thinking, you know what, I'm better than God. I don't need God. I'm, I'm better than God. I, I, I can, I can, in fact, I love the world better than God. I, I, can, I can judge the world better than God. In fact, I can write the Bible better than God. I can, you know, some of these words, you know what, if I, I would change it because I can write it better than God. I, 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 I'm better than God. You know, and so we have this self-promotion, elevating self, and, and we see it in, uh, in many forms through self-adoring. Self-adoring. Trying to think about my phone. And you know, we live in the selfie generation, don't we? Yeah, you know, uh, when we were in China, they called me the selfie king, and, and it's only because I used to be a youth pastor, so I learnt, learnt these ways. And we take these selfies and we're like, and we and we go like, look at you know, look at me, look at me. And like, oh, let me take a selfie of everybody. Yeah, you know, the problem with the selfie is that I'm I'm too big in this picture. And you can't see anybody else because that's what I want to do. I'm self-adoring. I just want to see myself, and this is me sleeping. This is me waking up. <gasps> and when you look at it, in fact, when you look at some people's feeds on social media, I'm all about social media, I use it myself. But sometimes you look at people's feeds and there's pictures of themselves, selfies, and they're self-adoring. You go to the Insta stories. The Insta stories is just all about themselves. In fact, we can even boomerang it. If you don't know what boomeranging is, then I look pretty weird right now. So anyway... It's self-building. I don't need God. I don't need God in my life. I can do it myself. It's self-building. You know what? God, you can be tucked away on my Sunday, and you can stay there, and I'll meet with you when I want to meet with you. Because I don't need you. Because I can do it myself. And the only time I want to meet with you is when there's an emergency. Because sometimes we treat God like an emergency, like we come running to God, like, oh, God, my marriage isn't going well. God, God oh, this is, I'm, 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 my health isn't going so well. Oh, God, I've been diagnosed with all this stuff. And we run to God with all these emergencies. And we just use treat God as an emergency button. But I don't need you, God, because when life is all good, I can do it myself. Or self-indulging. It's all about belief in my feelings. So, you know, if, if it feels good, do it. Because, you know, this is how I feel, therefore it must be right. You know, and, and the devil is all about promoting yourself. You know what? You know, this is all about you. Man, how dare God tell you to leave something that you feel? How dare he call that sin? What does God know? 
So this is the Babylon mentality. This is what we face where we're self-adoring, self-building, self-indulging. We're at elevate self. And it's all about me, 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 me. I just want to marry myself right now. You know, that's, weird. that's, that's not how I really feel. But this is the Babylon mentality that we face. And, and when I think about a marquee story in the book of Daniel, you can't go past Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was the ungodly king who, who ordered the um, destruction of, of Israel and took them into slavery back into Babylon. And so we, we take up the story in, in Daniel chapter 4. When Nebuchadnezzar said this, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented without God, and prosperous, look what I've done. I'm all about myself. And then when we read on into chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, he has this dream. And he, he dreams about this big old, this big tree that's luscious, that's fruitful, and it covers his whole kingdom. But this tree is cut down, and all that's left is a stump and its roots. And then he wakes up, and he calls in his magicians, and he calls in his wise men, and, and he asks them, please interpret the dream. No one could interpret the dream. So I said, wait a minute, there's Daniel... There's that Hebrew boy. God speaks to him. He can interpret the dream. So they bring Daniel. So here's Daniel. He's influencing the society around him again. He comes in and he begins to interpret the dream, brings forth God's prophecy. But I love the courage Daniel has. I love his courage. And, I, and he's also really courteous. Whenever he's speaking, he's, he's always courteous. And he was, he, he, and, 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 but he also has a lot of courage. And he comes in and here we find Daniel chapter 22. Could have been his head. Because what he said, he could have died, could have been ordered to be put to death. He comes and he says to the king, he's, he's been courteous, chapter 22, Your majesty, you are that tree. I'm sorry to say this, but you're that tree. And you're going to be cut down. Verse 25, you'll be driven away from people and will live with the animals. You will eat grass like an ox, be drenched with the dew of heaven. This literally was talking about Nebuchadnezzar's up and upcoming insanity. So remember, Babylon means confusion. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth. In fact, he goes on to say this, and he says, I'm going to do this for you. And this is a very important scripture. You need to hear this. Wherever you are, this is a very important part in this verse. Verse 26, the command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots. See, I don't know where you are spiritually. But even if you leave God today, if you leave God today, God commands to leave a stump. He gives us all the ability to be restored. If you leave God today, God will, will not cut you off. But he will give you the ability to be restored. And I praise God. Because that was me in my life where, where I was cut down. But he left the stump. And that's all I am. I'm just a stump. Seven times will pass you by until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on the earth. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. So we need to flip this Babylon mentality on its head. We need to flip it on the other side and Unfortunately for Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't listen to Daniel. And 12 months later, you find Nebuchadnezzar admiring himself. The Babylon mentality takes hold of him, starts to elevate self, becomes self-adoring, 
self-building, self-indulging. And he says, look at my kingdom. Look at what I've built. Look at what I have claimed. And, you know, and, and look, even these trees, even I call these trees to grow. I caused them. I created this kingdom. It is because of me. And the Bible tells us that at that moment, confusion comes upon him. And, and he begins to live like a wild animal. And the Bible says that he begins to eat grass like the cows. He grows nails like, like an eagle's claw. And, and he becomes a wild animal, animal for seven years. The verse 34, at the, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Confusion goes away. Then I praised the Most High. He got saved. He became a believer. Honored and glorified Him who lives forever. Verse 36. Let's just go down. Verse 36. At the same time that my sanity was restored, confusion gone, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. So by the way, when God humbles you, and then He restores you, He will restore all your former glory. Because you're now in a place where God trusts you. We say, well, you know, all that I have, it was from God. It was all from God. I've been in a place of confusion. But now I'm saying, look, this my marriage is yours. My children, they're yours. It's all because of you. Because heaven, I acknowledge that heaven rules. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and, and became even greater than before. Now I can, I Nebuchadnezzar, I've got it sorted now. I'm tired of being confused. I'm going to praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything He does is right and all His ways are just. And those who walk in pride, you've got to take my word for this, I, Nebuchadnezzar. Take my word for this. He is able to humble See, this is what we need to do. Nebuchadnezzar learnt and began to declare three I wills in his life. And when he declared these three I wills in his life, he not only survived culture, society around him, but he was able to influence it. And when we begin to declare these three I wills over our lives, then you'll be able to survive society around you, survive culture around you, but you'll be able to also influence it as well when we begin to declare these three I wills over our life. And the, and the first I will that he began to declare it, it was this, I will exalt God. I will exalt God. I'll, not just on a Sunday. Not just when my life is going okay. Not just when for now. I'm not going to be, <coughs> you know what, I'm just a, I'm just a quiet Christian. I just, you know what, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let everything that had breath praise the Lord. Let's begin to exhort God. You know, next Saturday, the All Blacks play. And I'm a big All Black fan. But you, when All Blacks play, in cities and stadiums around this country, stadiums are packed and they're full. And it's full of people exhorting exalting, hands raised, jumping up and down, screaming, 
dancing, singing, it's all going. There's a praise party going on. Thank you. But when I read the book of Psalms, I feel that the book of Psalms reflects what's going on on a Saturday than it does on a Sunday. When I see what's going on, the praise that is going exalting going on over here, it's, going, it's more than a Sunday. Oh, you know, when I, when I go to church, I'm just, just quiet and reflecting. No, 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 no. Let everything that has breath. Come on. Let's praise the Lord. Come on, church. Lord, we begin to exalt God wherever you are. Let's forget about who's next to you. Lord, we exalt you. We exalt you in all that I am. Father, I would rather exhort a God who knows who I am than a team that doesn't even know my name. Yeah. Lord, we exhort you. When you begin to exhort God in your life, not just on a Sunday, doesn't matter who's around you, society culture can't touch you because you can't exalt yourself when you're exalting God. And the second I will is I will acknowledge God and all that I do. I would acknowledge God. Lord, I acknowledge you in my family. <coughs> I acknowledge you in my life. The very fact that I'm standing on the stage, Lord, I acknowledge it's because of you. I mean, why? Lord, I'm, sometimes I'm confused. I'm confused, Lord. Why did you pluck this boy out of Mangare and drop them into Hamilton? Sometimes I think it's because God was, God was saying something like, you know what? The reason why I dropped you there is because they're gonna, everybody's going to have to worship me because they're going to get to know you, ants, and they're going to realize, wow, there's no way he could have done anything like this. They've got to worship me. You know, I acknowledge, Lord, I acknowledge that I stand here before you, not because I'm well-trained, not because I've got my life together, because I haven't, not because I'm perfect, because I'm not, but I stand here only by the grace of God. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you. May I be less and may you be great. I acknowledge that this is your church and that you're building your church. I acknowledge you in all my ways. And when you begin to acknowledge God on everything that you do, culture and society can't touch you. I don't care what they say about me, about Anthony Covers. doesn't matter what you say about me because I don't even belong to me. I belong to Jesus. That's who I belong to. You can say whatever you want about me. It doesn't matter because I don't belong to me. Because I acknowledge you in all my ways. And the third I will is this. I will. I will humble myself. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. You know, know, when you're flat on your face before God, you can't fall any lower than that. There's only one way to go but up. And God will lift you up. God will lift you up. You know, all the years that I've experienced in ministry and serving my spiritual leaders and serving the pillars in this church, I've learned four things. The four things I've learned is this. Number one, stay low. Number two, serve God. Number three, serve people. And the fourth thing is this, make it all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You know, how do we stand strong in a society that inflates pride? How do we do that? How do we stand strong in a 
pride and inflated society. It begins by face down. That's where it begins, face down. That's how we stand strong in a pride and inflated society is face down. Because humility, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking, it's thinking of yourself less. That's what it is. 